Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. And welcome to another day of, oh my, it's hot. I don't know if we'll ever get a break from this weather. Sure isn't showing up, and even the meteorologists, I think they've kind of given up on even, you know, bending the rules and saying, oh, no, it's it's going to get better. Don't see it. Uh, the next week, 104 is the lowest high temperature. Gets hotter than that before the week is out. Man, that is that is just almost murderous in terms of the heat. So what do we do? Everything we can. Remember, organic matter in the soil helps preserve water. Mulch helps preserve water and keeps the soil cooler. Seaweed is a first aid kit at this point in time. Might joke that seaweed is considered a Gatorade in this heat. Plants can uh, plants can really benefit from an application of seaweed. Now you don't need to do it every day. You are not making it mu that much beneficial. Once every couple of weeks. Drench or foliar feed, and it can make a big difference. Seaweed helps keep the cells full of liquid and helps move sugars from roots to leaves and leaves to roots. That can keep the plant looking good, even in such a terrible drought. It's not always, um, it's not always a big winner. Uh, it, it, it's kind of hard. Um, it's kind of hard on on years like this to keep everything going. Don't be brokenhearted. You can use this as an opportunity to pick different plants or change your landscape. Maybe you pick different plants. Not because the one you have uh, doesn't look good, but because it just has too much, too much uh, maintenance, too much work required to keep certain plants going. So don't. Okay, it's all right to say no. Sorry, I gave you a shot. The weather is too unpredictable, I, I can't water you, and you look terrible. There's just too much demand from some plants. And, you know, take a deep breath. It's a plant, and you may have some really emotional tie to that plant. You can either give up on it because it can't make it, or you can make it the, the primary user of the water you have available to you. 
if you can if you can get any water going to it and you have some whether it's collected rainwater or it's your watering day and you're allowed to use so much yes i know several places are not allowed to water anything but like i said you can put a five gallon bucket in your shower take that water that you do collect and uh decide which plants get it or don't get it when i was raising blueberries it was really important to keep the soil acidic and the easiest way to do that is to water with rainwater rainwater is acidic not as acidic as the blueberries need but it's a really good start so when we started getting into this weather it was okay the blueberries get uh, rainwater if i have any rainwater left i will use it on other plants let's go to the phone this is bo bo what can i help you with yeah how you doing jeff good day what can i do uh question about the verbena and lantana and uh blackfoot daisies the verbena is looking really bad is uh, do they normally dry, die back in the summertime or is it the heat doing it? It's the heat and the lack of rain. Okay. And uh, the lantana, it's doing okay, but it's not putting, they're not putting on blooms at all, no flowers. Um, is there anything I can do for either one of those plants to help them? Or just like water, just but uh, see the and, lantana. You can trim back, cut off all of the dead blossoms, and that should encourage it to put on new growth. I'm on my second bloom of lantana, and I mean it is, the first bloom impressed me, the second one is doing amazing. My wife trimmed back some of the old blooms and it just made it start blooming again. So uh, I also have a little help getting it trimmed back. We have several baby bunnies that are living in the area and they come and trim the blossoms off of the lantana for me. So uh -huh. it always produces new blossoms. You know, it's good to outsource your labor. As for the blackfoot daisies, those are bulletproof yeah. in my book. They, they just keep going. They want terrible conditions to grow really well. Okay. Well, they're they're doing okay, and I didn't know whether to get more water or just keep going the way I've been going. Uh, they will not complain at a once a week amount of water, but uh, I don't water mine at all. They're in the ditch. They're in the culvert uh, in front of my home, between the road and my house, and they uh, just keep flowering and looking great. So they are a very, very durable plant for our summers here in Texas. Yeah. Um, how far back do you trim your lantana? Oh, maybe six inches or so at this time. During the year, if it were winter, I might trim it to four inches because it'll most likely freeze to the ground yeah yeah okay but for right now just 
about four inches all the way around? No, no, we're not freezing now. That's when I would trim it to four inches. Right now, no, I, mean, I would simply deadhead it. Okay. Just back to the bloom. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was thinking, can I take my trimmers and just like, you know, lightly give a little, a little trim to knock off all the big blooms? Sure. Okay. All righty. Okay. And then the verbena, what should I do? Just cut it back? You can try that. It may be suffering from heat and lack of water. Um, if you cut it back, you can consider giving it a little water to get it to start coming back again. But right now, it's probably just taking a beating from the heat and the drought. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few green ones, and then there's dead ones. So, all righty, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Bo. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, let's go to the phone. This is Elizabeth. Elizabeth, what can I help you with? Good morning, Jeff. Um, I have a question about applying compost, uh, this time of year. I know it's not good to do it this time of year, but this is an area where I've got stickers and plants I want to get rid of. Um, the only problem is, is that if you fertilize, which is what the compost will do, it's not much fertilizer, but it's organic matter that will make those sticker burrs grow. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So the compost is not going to be the thing to get rid of them. One of the things you can do is wait till, hmm, if I could predict the weather, I wouldn't be here, but um, sometime near mid-September to mid-October, I would consider doing some corn gluten and then again, end of February, middle of March. That way you're killing the seeds, those little spurs that are going to try to grow again. Okay. Those stickers are just miserable. Um, they're just nothing but bad, okay? Right. Now, I, had, I had somebody tell me that they had like an area that was pretty well defined, and they tried to use a flame spreader or what do they call them, a pear burner, and tried to burn it to get rid of them because the heat would have sterilized the sand, the burr so it couldn't um, germinate again. I don't think I would go anywhere outside with fire right now. <laughs> but that is because your neighbors will be calling you and the police will show up. But if we ever get back to somewhat cooler weather, that is an approach you can consider. Um, yeah, I, I think that's above my, my skill level <laughs> to contain it. Um, but why do you not put compost down this time of year? Heat. 
compost the minute it hits the ground is going to start trying to decompose dead matter. And generally that means thatch, the dead dried leaves of plants, things like that. In doing so, it will generate heat, especially in this super high temperatures. And that can leave a burn on your turf. Okay. All right. Well, thanks very much. Appreciate your help. Well, that wasn't much help, but I was trying, okay? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you for the call, Elizabeth. Yeah, folks, there is no simple solution to the sandburrs, to the grass burrs. Those things are painful when you step on them. It's just a lost cause, it seems like. But they are an annual. So preventing the seeds from germinating is really the answer. Now, whether you go out there and drag a towel and try to get all the sand burrs that way, or whether you go out there and you use lots of uh, corn gluten to make sure that they don't germinate, um, there's not a lot of answers here to get rid of them. Stopping the seed is the solution, and lots of seeds. There are lots of seeds there. You can consider mowing with a bag on to at least pick up as many of the seeds as you can and using all the other methods you can think of. Learning what the plant looks like and pulling it out before it seeds is very effective also, but that can be hard to do for some folks. Let's go to the phone. This is Andy. Andy, what can I help you with? Morning. Uh, good morning, sir. Uh, my question is about my son uh, put some raised beds in, and unfortunately uh, he's got that, I guess, like Bermuda grass or just like your common grass with the long runners on it growing. And uh, I just told him, well, just go get the bottle round up. And he was like, oh, no. Uh, so trying to help him with uh, eliminating that grass uh, with covering with plastic or the corn gluten, is that what you recommend? Corn gluten only affects seeds. Since the Bermuda is already growing, it'll simply act as a fertilizer for the Bermuda. The trick would have been when he made the bed to put down a thick layer of cardboard, then put his dirt on it. That would have kept the Bermuda down for a while, at least. But now that he's got it, um, you can use the, uh, there are organic weed killers, but I will tell you the truth, many people will want to just tag it with the Roundup because it is really miserable to try to get rid of. Now, if you can grab it and pull on that runner and pull the runner out, you will win the battle, but it will take time. So um, you can use a weed killer. 
There are organic weed killers that will work. You can pull it out. And if he's got nothing in the bed at the moment, he can cover the whole bed, make an airtight seal with a sheet of black plastic, make sure the bed has plenty of water in it when you start, you know, water it well, cover it with the plastic. And about eight weeks later, the heat would be so hot in that soil that it should kill the Bermuda. Not forever, but at least the Bermuda that was in that dirt. And that'll give them some seasons of not having to deal with it. Great. Good, good. I'm glad I was listening to you. Oh, a funny thing about them sticker birds, uh, I grew up in El Paso, and those things would get the, what I call the, like the stalks on them, like wheat, uh, four or five inches, sometimes it'd be even longer than that. Uh, So we used to, for fun uh, as kids, we used to pick them and throw them at each other on our backs. Have a good day. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Andy. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. It's the bottom of the hour. We're going to break for the news. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. Hey, welcome back, folks. Um, There's a lot of questions about, oh, my plants are doing X, Y, or Z. The fact that you have a living plant is almost a miracle, okay? There are plants that do particularly well in this weather. My Texas sages are doing good. Um, Oh, Uh, My yuccas are doing okay. After that, every plant in my landscape is showing heat stress. Every plant. So, kind of hard. It's kind of hard to say, do this and you'll fix your plants. Endless questions about my plant leaves are doing this or that or whatever. You're lucky it's growing. 105 degree temperature, air temperature, and that full sun, it's getting harder and harder. These plants are really suffering. I don't really see a solution to many of them. If you have a watering day, and I got to tell you, many areas do not. They are not allowed to water. So if you have a watering day, do it right. And you may have to turn around and make a choice on what's worth using the water on and what isn't. If you don't have a watering day, put a bucket in the shower with you. That will give you some water, which is better than none. 
But if you don't have a watering day, sorry, there's not a lot you can do. Let's go to the phone. This is Sherry. Sherry, what can I help you with? Good morning. I have a couple of Medina products and uh, Alaska fish plant food. I have a yard and I have potted plant and I have in-ground plant. I'm just wondering this time of year which product is going to be best for me to use. I have mm-hmm. Medina Plus, molasses, and has to grow. And then, as I said before, the fish plant food. Okay. The advantage of the fertilizers that you mentioned, the fish plant food, the has to grow, is the plant will only take it up if it's hungry and needs it. So they shouldn't burn out anything in this heat. But the question is, do your plants want to be fertilized right now? Probably not. Now, Medina Plus is, yeah, this kind of heat, how how is your diet when it's summer like this? Oh, you know, well, in the winter, yeah. we really have no problem eating snacks and stuff. But when it's this hot, people really don't have an appetite. Neither do many of the plants. Fortunately, the ones you had will not uh, burn out the plant or force it to take it up. But it's not a priority for the plant at the moment. The Medina Plus is great to apply to the soil. You can even use it in the containers of the plants. Maybe once every two weeks. That will help and try to improve the soil, which improves the ability of the plant to make roots and seek water. But the last thing we should be concerned about is whether or not we need to fertilize our plants. So if I've got a potted plant flower and they're curling up, even though I'm watering them and the, and the uh, soil is moist, but the leaves are still curling up, can I do anything for it? Stop watering it. Believe it or not, too much water can make the plant leaves curl. Too little water can make the plant leaves curl. They're they're deceitful little buggers, you know. They'll lie to you and say, oh, I need more water. And you'll put your fingers in the container and it's like, this is a muddy swamp. What do you mean you need more water? Wet to dry cycles for container plants, if you can do that, stick your finger in the dirt as far down as you can. If it's damp, they don't need water. Okay. Any other tips as to far as far as like with fall coming up and cooler weather coming up, God help us. Um, when should I start using some more products on my yard? And which of uh, the ones that I said, I've, I've got so many, I'm like confused as to when I should use them and when I should not, other than the heat. Okay. The fish fertilizer, I don't know that I would use it on my lawn. The has to grow plant food, I don't think I would use that on my lawn. The Medina Plus and the molasses, whether it's liquid or dry, you can use that and I would alternate those once we get to cooler weather. 
when the nighttime temperature starts dropping below 75 degrees, I would look at using the Medina Plus and the molasses and I would alternate them every two weeks. So the first of the month is Medina Plus, the middle of the month is the molasses. But it's going to be a while before you're really going to get a benefit from them because of how hot it is. Sounds good. Thank you so much for your help. Thanks for the call, Sherry. Yeah, folks, we see plants and they look like they're suffering and immediately we go, oh, they need fertilizer. Well, not necessarily. In this kind of heat, the plant will not be that interested in fertilizers. So it may not pick up much. That's why you want to use an organic fertilizer because it will feed the soil and it won't force fertilizer into the plant, which can make it burn out. Water is the key at the moment. Plants have leaves. They can turn sunlight into food. Nice trick if you can do it. But the water is going to be the concerning thing. So if you can water, water correctly. It has to be deep. It has to be a slow watering. If you're watering a container plant, make sure the water is not simply running down the sides. It needs the water into the container, into the soil and the roots. But uh, your in-ground plant, same thing. Slow soak, deep watering. Right now, it's um, the worst conditions we could have to try to have plants do well. Um, we don't have a lot of control over that. And from the looks of it, it may be August or later before we are back into OG, we're getting rain. I have no control over that. I sure wish I did, but um, sorry, that's the best I can do for you. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're going to need to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's um, let's head to the phone. This is Ryan. Ryan, what can I help you with? Jeff, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I have a question about a couple of olive trees I planted about two and a half years ago. Uh, they're sort of in a escape environment. They're doing really well. What really surprised me was they made it through that horrible freeze that we had uh, and just lost a, a, a few limbs, and I've trimmed them back. But what's happening now is uh, at the base, at the root, they're sending up more you know, limbs. I'm not sure what you call that, those uh little basically six, eight, ten inches net long now. But they're coming out of the ground by the main stem. I don't know whether to trim them or not. Should I leave them? 
It's okay. going to look like a bush. Right. And an olive will take on a bush form. The olive okay. trees are that way because you're trimming those uh, shoots off. You want to, you can keep them trimmed down and let the trunk form and create a single trunk tree. Um, I gave up on my olives after the freeze. And when I got back to look at them, they had exploded into a bush. Right. Just like you're seeing. Um, I don't know that I'm going to cut them back or retrim them. They wouldn't produce olives for me. So if you want to try to form them and make them look good, you can cut those shoots flush to the ground. Just use a clean tool and sharp, sharp cut. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that tree will start to form into what you expect to be a tree shape. You may have to do that somewhat up the trunk also, because it'll put shoots out uh, above the above the soil, but below the canopy where you want them to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't particularly care one way or the other whether I have a tree there or not, is it just healthier to let them go to the bush form, which is fine by me. They would work great in the in the landscape where they're at. I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm more concerned sure. just about the health of the plant than anything. I'm not exactly sure. I tried to look that up. Uh, it's, I couldn't find a straightforward answer. I think think most of the time they cut them as a tree because it's easier to harvest. Right. That's not my... I don't... Yeah, but I don't see a problem. Um, Mine that erupted into a bush, they're still going to town and doing just fine. I have to prune out like you did some of the dead, but uh, otherwise it's doing just fine. Well, that that uh, that makes me want to just go ahead and leave them because they're green and they're growing and they look happy and I'm I'm amazed by it. It's uh, they're they're in a uh, a fairly hot place, you know, and they're still just moving right along. Yeah, I'll leave them. I have I have two doing the same thing in real rocky, bad soil. Yep, and uh, they're just going on about their business. So kind of up to you. If you wanted a harvest, you would probably do better to trim them in the tree shape. But if you just want the plant, let them go. I think I'll go that way with them. And uh, I appreciate it. I've listened to you for years and years. Um, we, we owe you a debt of gratitude. Thank you. Well, thank you much for the call. Uh, and good luck with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. folks, the olives will grow here, as in harvestable olives. If you only have one tree, you should view that your olives are solely for brining. You're going to brine them and pickle them and put them in a jar and keep them in the fridge. But if you are, <clears throat> if you think you're going to make olive oil, I will politely say that that will be the biggest waste of time you ever done. You will not get enough. You will not get enough olives 
out of a single tree to make more than a couple of drops of oil, and it's a lot of work. It's not my goal. Nope. The lot of work is never my goal. I enjoy them for their color their, their, yeah. and, and just their shape. I think that's why I'll, I'll keep them. <clears throat> Works for me. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for the call. Yeah, folks, olives do really well here. And, you know, they can be grown in a container. They don't need a lot of water. They have no problem with our heat and sun. Um, they really are an attractive plant when they're in uh, leafed out. And again, you can either treat them like, uh, I don't know, a pomegranate, or you got all these shoots coming up everywhere, or you trim out the shoots and make it a single trunk tree and let it go. You can harvest olives. Like I said, you will never get enough olives, never get enough olives off of a single tree to produce olive oil. It is a difficult process. And when you make your own olive oil, you may be going, hey, look what I did. I think that's cool. I'm glad you managed it. But your olive oil won't last very long. Okay, your olive oil will go rancid in about six months or it will go and we'll taste the difference from it. Let's go to the phone. This is Kyle. Good morning, Kyle. What can I help you with? Kyle, are you there? Oh, hello. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. I've got a maple tree that is, uh, at least 20 years old, and it is dropping leaves. Um, my concern is the one across the street is not. Um, I don't know if it's heat-related or not. I'm going with the heat-related. <clears throat> there is, uh, I actually dug mine out uh, this spring because it, the freeze didn't help, and then the hot weather didn't help, and it lost all its leaves and it couldn't come back from it. Now, for the life of me, there is, there is a disease that will cause you to lose the leaves on a tree. Many trees can recover them. Sometimes it's enough to kill them. I cannot remember the name. Um, it is one of the problems that maple trees can have around here and uh, it can be an issue of the age of the tree, the heat weather that we've had. Keep the water to it as needed. Remember, don't overwater it. Keep the water need as needed. Seaweed once in a while can really help keep it going. And then cross your fingers that it's going to make it to the cooler side of summer. But... Um, I will try to figure out what that disease is. Uh, I, I will go look it up again. But you uh, cross your fingers. There's not really a lot else you can do. With with the seaweed application, I mean, uh, is it spraying it on the lawn like you would for grass? Will, will that actually get down into the roots of the maple, or, or is there no. a better way? 
Yeah, take a five-gallon bucket, fill it with water, fill it with the appropriate amount of seaweed, and slowly drench around the root zone of the tree. That will get down to its roots, will get into the soil, and will do everything it can to help it going. Okay. Kyle, I, I'm, I'm at the top of the hour. I'm up against the news break. Thank you for the call, folks. This is Gardening Naturally. I'll catch you all on the other side.